Welcome to the Regent's Park Open Air Theatre Podcast. In this episode, we invite arts journalist and theatre critic Fiona Malford to sit down with Kate Fleetwood, who will be playing the iconic villain Cruella Deville in our new musical 101 Dalmatians this summer. Delving into the rehearsal process, Kate's return to theatre, and techniques over the years that have helped her acting career, we cannot wait to hear more. Now, let's hand over to Kate for our latest episode. Hello, I'm Fiona Mountford and it's my great pleasure to be here this afternoon to chat to Kate Fleetwood. Kate is, of course, an Olivier and Tony Award-nominated stage actress with notable theatre productions that include Rupert Gould's groundbreaking version of Macbeth, Medea and Goneril in King Lear at the National Theatre. She is well known for television work that includes The Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime and Harlots. Kate has also been steadily developing a notable sideline in musical theatre, performing in London Road at the National and High Society at the Old Vic. All of which brings us neatly onto the open-air theatre's exciting new musical version of the Dodie Smith classic 101 Dalmatians, in which Kate plays that memorably mad-haired villain Cruella de Vil. Uh, Perhaps I should state for the record that Kate's hair this afternoon is her regular shining chestnut rather than a crazy extravaganza of black and white stripes. Welcome, Kate, and thank you for talking to us. Hello, hello. No, very... Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Kate is currently in the fifth week of rehearsals for Timothy Sheeder's production of Douglas Hodge's new musical. So perhaps I should start by asking, how are things going so far? And are you up to a full complement of Dalmatians as yet? Or are you, I don't know, 84 currently? (laughs) I sort of feel like I've lost count. I don't even know when we open the show. I sort of tend to... (laughs) to leave that to sort of that somewhere pending in the future um i'm very well thank you it the show is coming on in leaps and bounds we are as you say in week five which is often a difficult week because um uh, because you still haven't made the show complete yet and you're not doing runs of the show so we'll probably start doing that next week and start to put things together we put little sections together and then you can sort of see what you've got right so there's a lot of work going on in these rooms and there are a lot of moving parts in this production because we've got so many um we've got puppets uh large and small children (laughs) Um, large and small children. Large and small. <laughs> At, loads of actors, large and small. And we've also got the musicians who are also actor musicians. So oh they're going gosh. to be populating the stage as well. And we've got amazing choreography by Liam Steele. And that man has not stopped working wow. since day one. Um, and and it's just got many, many moving parts. So I, I'm likening it to, um, at the moment, sort of creating an enormous buffet for Christmas lunch <laughs> and not knowing if I've got enough food yet. Okay, And thinking, and then when you've spread it all out, (laughs) I'll realise that we've made far too much coleslaw and no one's going to eat all those sausage rolls. So so until we know what we've got, I think there's a sort of tension. It's not not a negative tension, but there is a sort of frisson in the air of like, we are... We need to keep going. There are yes. never enough minutes in the day at this point. Okay. And so you're going to have the first run through of sections at least next week. I, I week suspect six. that's where we're heading, I okay. think. Maybe by the end of this week, I don't know. But it's... um. I mean, does everybody know all the songs, all the lines? Where give us? Well, an this idea. is the other thing. It's a new musical, and often yes, with course. new work, yes. as you'll know, 
you know, that's a very changeable, movable thing. So right. we're getting rewrites every day and new verses and changes. And Because you're dramaturging as you go. So yes. you're thinking, ah, this beat's not quite telling the story. We thought it was on the page. We need it to be clearer. Okay. Maybe we need to drop this beat in earlier. Or maybe this, we've done too many of these beats. So you're sort of, each department is crafting sure a way so do you have a lot of homework each night you all the time. send home with <laughs> yes. with work to do all and... the time and i think oh my gosh oh my gosh but yes yes as long as i'm yes lots of homework lots of homework yes. so you've mentioned there um that puppetry plays a key role is going to play a key role in this show without spoiling anything so we don't want to do that give us a tantalizing glimpse into how the puppetry works in this show for example well they're multi um handled so right. you'll have two for the each dog um the parent dogs yes Purdy and pongo yes and, um, and then of course we have children will be playing you know na- named pup- puppies yes and um and they sort of take on they're, they're very particular puppets that have been beautifully made and um but there are going to be sort of echoes of different sort of ways of telling that story through in different illustrative ways throughout right. sort of through the show so so yeah and there's there'll be some surprises as well. <gasps> well don't spoil those for us <laughs> don't they're so- amazing and it is amazing when you watch puppetry because no matter how many bodies are attached to the moving parts it, it is magical because you don't see the humans you just yes. see the dog yes and the puppies and it is a slight of the eye and and you know we're just in a rehearsal room, and and they're just so alive. You wow! Know. It's it's they are very magical. That's puppets, going to be yeah. a real treat for audiences. I think so. And, and what's so perfect about the open air theatre as the venue for this show is that the original story set in Regent's Park. That's right, isn't it? I know. So, and how do, are you? Are you? Will you be sort of playing off the setting of the open air theatre? Absolutely are. Oh my goodness! Yes, I mean it's mentioned in our first few songs as being in Regent's Park. That is... Uh, yeah, it's amazing. And my character sort of probably lives in the in, in the inner circle, I probably, I suspect, somewhere. And um, somewhere nice. And, yes, it's always... It's, it's very current, very present. Yes. And that's... that's so therefore, the park is a character as well, isn't that's, it? That's... I mean, the, I always think the open air theatre, the, the surrounds, the beautiful surrounds, are a character in every show. But for this show in particular, it's literally happening all around. That's wonderful. So, that Kate, you've had to wait two years we to have. get stuck into this part, given that the show had to be postponed, postponed twice due to COVID. But I believe, however, that you've used these really frustrating displays. You've used them really fruitfully to engage in multiple conversations with director Tim Sheeder to develop the character of Cruella. Can you tell us something about that? Yes, I mean, there was a sort of... Lockdown came and we were supposed to start rehearsing on the following Monday. (laughs) It was brutal, as it was for so many people in different ways. And then we thought we would... And then we just sort of, as we all were, sort of just everything imploded we didn't know where we were, no one knew whether we were coming or going and then of course there was this sort of promise the next year as spring came we thought well, yes. maybe we'll try it again yes and um and it, that that fell flat as well for everybody because there wasn't enough confidence and the audience yes, wouldn't course. be able to come back but i hadn't heard i hadn't, hadn't at that point got involved in re-talking about the script or, okay. or connecting with it again 
partly tempting fate. <laughs> yes, te- partly because of tempting fate, yeah. but also I wasn't sure whether I would be able to do it. Yes, with my, your filming with my filming dates, and so I didn't think it was responsible of me to sort of wade in talking about this character yes. and and sort of getting involved in sort of decision ma- decision making. Yes, unless I could honour doing it. Yes, so that I sort of had to wait until I was, and I remember getting the green light from my. Wheel of Time producers, and yes. I think I fired off an email immediately <laughs> to Tim saying, "Send me the next draft." Yes, <laughs> literally, I think it was on the same day. Yes, I said, "Send me the new draft. Send me the new draft," and um, and then I start to sort of you know start getting juicing, yes. juicing it again, and sort of connecting to. So, it. have you been involved pre-rehearsals with the development of the character? A little bit with Tim and Douglas. A little bit, yes. Yeah. I've had uh, yes because we have quite a strong take. On Cruella. Okay. I don't know if I want to give it away. Okay, a strong... give it away, but it's it's uh, contemporary. Okay. And um, we, I mean, she's such a. I'm sure we'll talk about this, but she's such an iconic villainess. Yes. Villain, and you know the big decision to make about the Cruella is in the light of Disney's new habit of doing origin stories for all these <laughs> yes all these great characters yes a, a lot of which are developed with a redemptive arc yes yes you know which has its place but i just wanted her to be a villain well, I <laughs> just because i believe in the the power of having a monster under the bed and there's, yes. there's a catharsis to that and if we if we sort of humanise her too much or, or feel sorry for her too much because she's had a terrible childhood, whatever, <laughs> yes. then she that power is going to be lost and diluted. And so, I mean, I have my own backstory, which I play, but that's not the audience's job. That's my job to know that. Right. And it's the audience's, um, you know, want to fill in the blanks. And that yeah. gives that... I think, imaginatively, that's where villains often are work, work best, is when... You know, Fiona, you watch Corella and you say, Oh, I wonder what her problem was, what <laughs> happened. And then you can lace and knit something together, and it's more powerful and pertinent and personal. Yes. If I spell everything out, then you can really, you sort of remove yourself from yes. knowing her. Yeah. Without, Do you, know what I mean? you don't have to put the work in because it's all laid out before. Yes. You. And you also, you can say, She's nothing like me. Yeah. Whereas in this, when you don't spell everything out, you might say to yourself, Oh, I. <laughs> sort of recognise myself a little bit there. <laughs> so you've touched on this, and I, it was a question I was going to ask, but Cruella de Vil, she, she's the character we love to hate, but there's the enduring appeal. Audiences and actors are like, keep mm. coming back to this part for a reason. Tell us a bit more about why that is. I think it's because she is... It's the worst thing you can do, isn't it? Skin puppies. <laughs> I mean, it's such... It's so awful. Yes. And I think... I think, well, you know, what, what, is, what is it she does? She's basically a capitalist, isn't she? Right. You know, so you could look at it as an anti-capitalism, <laughs> anti-capitalism but, you know, she's, she's an, a consumerist. Yeah. A consumer. Everything can be Narcissistic, yeah. ca- consumer, capitalist, class one, blank. Yes. And I think it's just so astonishing. <laughs> That what she what she wants to do. There's no rhyme nor reason to it, I and mean, it's absolutely unbelievable what she wants to do. And I think that's the it, it's fantastic, phantasmagorical, isn't it? <laughs> yes. So, and I think that's why there's a and of course the fashion. 
Yeah. Oh, I think that's well, one of the things. Well, talk us, through, talk us through. I mean, it's a <laughs> podcast, so obviously it's the perfect thing to talk about visuals. Talk <laughs> us through the wig. Talk us through your hair. Well, we haven't ha- I haven't had the wig you fittings have, oh, yet, but okay. I'm having numerous. <gasps> Are you? And if I give you, and I've got hundreds of, uh, not 101, but a hun- almost 101 costumes, <laughs> which I'm preparing my body to get in and out of at speed. Are they all fantastic? They're all going dazzling. to be fantastic. Okay. At, with a very strong flavour. <laughs> and um, my wigs are all going to be fantastic with a very strong flavour. And um, yes, I think they're having to put a lot of my wigs on a helmet so I can get them on and off quickly. <laughs> 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 I don't, God knows where my mic pack's going to go. But... Um, I think I'm giving you a clue if I say that she changes a lot. Okay. In every scene, she's almost in a completely new wow. sort of. Wow. Um, so it's going to be a visual extravaganza. Yes, I think it will be wow. for all the costumes uh, alongside the puppetry and the design. Yeah, yes. it's going to be really visual. And so, how, do you know how many costume changes you're going to have? Do you know? I think I've got about seven. Seven, gosh, something okay. like that. And they're all progressive. They all progress in different ways as well, and have movable bits and pieces. But the show, it's you know, it reminds me of the Christmas shows I used to do at the Young Vic years ago. It, it's inc- we're doing a lot of physical work, right? So it's it's very imaginative, and it's very. Um, it's a little pop arty. There's a sort of pop art element to it, Lovely. so a slightly comic strip element to it, and so that's meaning that you know things aren't what they might seem, or they can get expanded, or they can. There's elasticity in everything, <laughs> and so so the scale of something can then move into something else. So there's this, there's an ex, yes, it's very expressive. What's we're making Goodness. so it's it's got a, an old fashioned. It feels old fashioned to me. Yes, you know, it's got this kind of physical theatre quality which which Liam is bringing and, and and he's assembled a great company together and, and everyone's doing something with one piece of fabric and a thing and a piece Goodness. of clothing and a, a, a limb over <laughs> you know it's it's very very um, it sounds delicious it's going to be great oh, I think I really delicious. do there's loads and the music's excellent and I didn't know Dougie was a, a composer so that was that and was, then but so as we've, as I think everybody knows, and as we've touched upon, Cruella is famously not a very nice person, uh, to say the least. Do you need to empathise with her in any way in order to bring her to fully rounded life, or are you just she's she's an outright villain? As you were saying she's sort of a glorious villain. Do you need to do you for yourself as an actor? Do you need to find any humanity yes. or empathy there? Yes, that's my job. You know. Okay. And I and I I I there are certain things I know about her. Okay. You, you may not know about her, or the audience may not, find, but that will trigger her, or that will make her feel threatened for certain reasons. And then there are things that can make her, you know, a fight or flight mode. Right. And and then then you can start adding color into your. And because the last thing I want is just to be sort of yelling everything, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being yelly and scary, you know, along with singing. So yes, you know, it's, I approach her in the same way as I approach Medea, you know, or any character I approach is that, you know, there's, there's, she's got secrets and wishes, wants and dreams and hopes and aspirations and things that she's embarrassed and shamed, ashamed about, you know, yes. like every, every human. Give so us, I give play us a those. glimpse. What does, if it's mm. not, what, 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 tri- what one thing, what's one thing that triggers Cruella? What's? In my Cruella. Yeah. It's not, it, it's being not seen. Okay. 
yes, literally or metaphorically or both, both. But yeah, to be seen as invisible and un, in, in, and to be seen as irrelevant, right? Yes, and to be um, uh, n- not nurtured. Okay. Yes. Right. So, <laughs> because I, the play, you know, the book, the play, the the story is about a family enduring a kidnapping. Yes. And then getting back together. Yes. And she's got, you know, she's that she's, you know, she's the serial killer, as it were. But she, you know, she hasn't got a family to go to, pull, you know, to go yes. back to. Yes. Which it's a, it's her tra- it's a tragedy, the tragedy of Crow's film. Yes. But you know, her that's her tragedy is that she doesn't see the family she could have. Yes. And so, yeah, it's a it's a it's about a, it's a the story is a family gets separated and then they come back together. And, yes. And. And the moral is, it's better to do things together. Okay, and that that's a, that's a that's a useful moral always, I think. So I think I was thinking about this when I was preparing to come and meet you, and I think one might easily trace in your work the lineage of famous bad women in drama: <laughs> Medea to Lady Macbeth to Cruella de Vil. There we go. That's it. Three easy steps. What's the appeal of these characters? I get asked to do them. <laughs> and, I have, and I say yes. Okay. It's a job. No. Oh, gosh, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I, You know, I don't choose my work, you know, a lot of the time. You know, I'm lucky to be asked to do things. And I go, well, you know, that, that, that mixture of things is attractive. You know, I'd never worked at Regent's Park before. Yes. I hadn't done a musical for a while. You know, it's a great iconic character. Yes. I knew it was going to be playful in the room because of who was attached to the show and the choreography and the kind of show it was going to be. And I hadn't done a show a bit like that for such a long time. Yes. And and it happens to be a villain. You know, it's not... Yes. You know, it could have been... It could have been something in the Guys and Dolls or something. Are but villains it, more fun to play than they good are. guys? They are. They are. But I think people really enjoy watching them, don't yes. they? Yes. And I yes. think if I... If I, you know, if I'm an actor, any kind of actor, I'd want to in, entertain a, and an audience. So it's thrilling that I know that, you know, I'm not, I, I think I'm probably going to get horribly booed, aren't I? I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's, no, the louder there's sort the of booze, no doubt. The louder the booze, the more successful yeah. you are. Yeah, though, yeah. So. But people do love it. I think it's a, I think it's people love villains. They love to blueprint themselves. They like to be able to say, I am definitely not that bad. <laughs> yeah, okay. you know, yeah, okay. I am definitely not her, or I know someone like her, or yes. I know, you know, she reminds me or he reminds me of. And it's a catharsis, and it's something that we do as humans in, and wonder why we love storytelling. So oh, yeah, I might have forgotten to clean the rabbit's cage out of the weekend, but I'm not as bad as Cruella We need them. <laughs> you know, we need them to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. But, um, <laughs> but yes, I do often play a lot of villains. I would like to play someone soft... dripping with, I don't know, who do you, someone dripping with goodness, Mother Teresa or something. Well, as you know, I often think to myself, I must step away from the cauldron. <laughs> but I don't want necessarily want to just stand by the microwave either. So, no, that would be I, you know, I need... <laughs> Step away from the cauldron. That's great. I like that. Did you do before rehearsal started? Did you do um, any research or, or background reading? I mean, or did you in fact go full kind of method acting and adopt a Dalmatian? <laughs> no. no, my daughter's always saying, "Mummy, can we have a, a dog?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm always away. <laughs> right. So who's going to look after the you dog?" You haven't snuck a snuck oh, a spare gosh, Dalmatian no, in your bag. No. <laughs> no, I there was I because I feel like I can't sort of go into it because I. Um, 
because it will give away so much. But I, I've been creating a Pinterest mood board for Corella Deville since twenty since twenty nineteen. Oh my goodness! <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. I was one point I wanted her to be vegan. <laughs> which I thought would be funny. Um, and yeah, but they've let me really contribute a lot, which I you know I, I'm lucky. And as older I get, the more experience I get. The you know that's that's the fun of of being an actor is to be able to contribute to the and process. is that I guess that's something that must be lovely about being involved in a new work a new piece that's because right. it's all up for grabs that's right and it could go any sort of direction and, and you can you can really um, make a difference yes know? I mean I'd never throw my toys out of the pram and disagree and say no I want it to be like this because it's right. always a dialogue but I'd like to be able to say well maybe she could have and they go oh great and then suddenly it's in the script and you think you know there, great yeah, that's, that's great and and, and so, this Pinterest mood board, have you shared it with other so people? So then I would then share that with the designer, you see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yes, okay. and we can talk about costumes and we can say, well, maybe it's that. And then, then you start having these conversations and then that will trigger something that you think, oh, maybe that scene's about that then rather than that. And then you can go and talk to the writer. And, then, and maybe, you know, it's... It's, it's a it's a you know a patchwork yes and it's building it's building it all up so what what specific voice work or training have you been doing in preparation for the singing in this role well I know that's you just got to drink water drink water and Kate it just Kate has got a very <laughs> is it two litre bottle two of water litres. and she's done very well there's actually very little of yes. it left so she's obviously yes, fully I'll hydrated try and drink today. one of these a day and okay Jakeman's and and steaming your voice and the thing about the voice is the more you I mean I'm tired today so I was doing a lot of yelling yesterday you know rehearsals are tiring because they're eight nine ten hours a day right but performance is only two or three hours so yes and you only sing the songs once yes when you're performing but in rehearsals you might be singing it 20 times yes So you have to pace yourself in rehearsals and not sing out all the time. Okay. To sort of go, look, I can do it, everybody. <laughs> you have to how say, I'm, song, I'm going m- under now. I'll say, I'll go under now. I'm not doing full pelt on this one now. How many songs do you have? In- five, three or four, four, five. Okay. Four or five, yeah. And, but the thing about the voice is it's very closely related to your feelings right. and your psychology. So this, there's the same lining, apparently, around your voice box as is the same lining around your brain and the same lining around your stomach as well. That's why... You lose your voice when you're worried, tired, uh, or something bad happens to you, you can't speak right. because it's connected, it's all connected. So if I lose my voice, I just have to say, I'm going to be fine. The more right. you worry about it, the harder it is, the, the more likely it is it won't come back. But my, actually, my voice is doing quite well, actually. But a tip, a great, uh, we have a voice coach here who used to work with years and years ago called Barbara Hausman, who's wonderful. She gave me a brilliant tip years ago as a young actress. I used to lose my voice a lot. And I went to see her and I said, I don't know why I keep losing my voice. And she said, because you're in your daily speaking, you're speaking very high. Uh-huh. So I was like, everything was like that. Right. And she said, just drop your natural voice. Thought, thought, think it consciously and that's why I sort of have this long, richer voice. But it's because I get older, it gets richer, isn't it? But... Gosh. But I deliberately dropped my voice and placed it here Gosh. when I was about 22. 
just right. in order to save my voice. And it's, it's in, I, that's why I mentioned it in the introduction. You're a well-known classical stage actress and, and the musical line as well, because there's not so many people who straddle the two, are there? I'm really lucky. I'm really lucky. Singing was something I always did as a child. Right. Um, my sister's a professional musician and singer. That's Gosh. her job. And... I was always singing at church and singing in school plays and singing in National Youth Music Theatre and singing. And then I was often singing in shows. I would sing and then I sang. I sang in one of Rupert's productions of... I mean, the thing about Shakespeare is there's often a song. There right? is. There's a, hey, no, there's a lot of hey, no, 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 no. There's a hey, no, 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 no You know, and Willow, the Willow in Indeed, Othello. Indeed, yes. And many, many songs. And I, you know, I was in acting muso for a while and so I played the violin and viola and stuff. And, and I was just like a really handy actress to have in a company because yeah, you I could, could read music, I could move relatively well and I yes. could sing and stuff. And then I think I just sort of said, I must put my violin down. <laughs> And just uh, as much like I'm sort of stepping away from trying to step away from the cauldron, I had to put my violin down and not. Someone, I remember Rupert once auditioning some actor museum musicians, and they said, Oh, no, don't, don't do that anymore. And he said, Well, why don't you want to be an actor museum anymore? And he said, Because I'm sick of not being lit. <laughs> but we've got some great acting musicians in our cast and a lot of them are going to be on stage which is fantastic right. and it's going to be add another layer a brilliant layer to the show but yeah I'm very very lucky sometimes it's conscious you know I think I want to do a musical now right. and then then you just sort of ask the universe and slightly try not to be Noel Edmonds about it but um, <laughs> but the screen sure. stuff we had to make a very conscious decision yes. to say okay I need to stop doing theatre for a bit Right. Just a bit, just to see if I can push down this wooden, you know, this door a bit. And have you hard. enjoyed that, that the, the, you, that move into television and so on, the long long series with long contractual obligations? Have you been enjoying all that? Very much. Yeah. Because part of it is to feel comfortable. Of course, to know that the mortgage can be paid for the next year or whatever. And physically on set. Yes. You know, because it's such, it's like this, it's just wires and cords. And it, when you don't spend your days there and you're maybe a day player, which is awfully hard thing to do is go in on a run long running show and be just a, you know someone who does yes. a few days it's it's really torturous and hard I've done many 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 jobs like that that's why I make a real effort when I'm on the you know long running show to be really really open and and welcoming to anyone who's a day player because I know it how nerve-wracking it yes. is because you don't know how the that crew is working you yes. don't know so it's it's like such a lovely thing to be on a long-running show and feel like you're in a rehearsal room with in that kind of way yes and being comfortable on camera and with that language and starting to feel confident enough to contribute to the writing yes. you know and saying well have we thought about that and we'll soon be turning up with some pinterest mood boards yeah and <laughs> yeah well i definitely did that from harlots <laughs> i did did you okay and were they were they taken on board as they were there we go yes nancy birch was not a crossdresser in the script and then but do you so do you think about getting into writing or directing yourself are you happy to stay on the acting side of things it's a good question i get asked that a lot i think more and more actors are being asked that yeah um and I think about that quite a lot, like, what is that? And, well, you know, I'd like to direct. I think I, I have, could direct. Okay. I think I'd be terrified, and I don't think I could handle the stress as well as some directors I know, <laughs> and because it's hard. And I think I could write something, 
but again I'm not sure whether I've you know I have got I've got an idea idea for sort of two or three things which I I, you know which I keep thinking I just need to sit down and write it but and did you do any of this during lockdown? Was this the time, or was oh, it all no. kind of banana bread and Tiger King in Not your even house? That. There was, was no, just, you didn't write yeah, your masterpiece. Just, oh no! I mean, it, no, <laughs> no, of course not. There's no, no. masterpiece. No. Did a bit of homeschooling. Maybe? Loads of homeschooling <laughs> and printing off things for my children to have to complete by three pm. <laughs> um, but the the other truth about the writing, directing thing, or the making, whatever, which is why I think it's brilliant that so many actors do that. I love being an actor, like with a passion. Like it, I pricks my t- eyes a bit thinking about it because being an actor is like you are so privileged to be at. You are at the coalface with every department. Yes, of course. Yes, right. Yes, you get to have conversations with the writer. You get to have conversations with the makeup. You get to, every yeah. department. You yeah. have some connection. Of with. course. So you feel really. Um, satisfied right and so you can have an input in so many areas and I suppose when you've reached uh, you're an actor of your sort of standing when you've got to where you no you're (laughs) standing you know with the with the acclaim and the work you've done the nature of it is you are going your your voice your words are going to be taken with a lot of they're going to be really listened to aren't they whereas perhaps if you just graduated from drama school it's your first job they wouldn't be taken with quite the same Maybe not. level of and seriousness. I think, you know, that comes from an inner confidence, yeah. which I've grown over the years, you know, because I've not always been, you know, had that. And that's something, and some younger people are confident enough right. to contri- write something, for instance. Yes. And then so many brilliant young people who can contribute in that way as well. But for how me have you personally... Grown your, that's that in, how have you grown your inner confidence, would you say, over well, the years? Well, I met some amazing, I mean... Uh, e- <sighs> How have I work? Just working, knowing okay. what things, what works, what doesn't work. Right. Yes. I'm going. This is this is working. Okay. I'm in the pocket of this. This this scene is now working. Everyone is now working. This scene is now right. working. Yes. You can always feel when something is. Can you? The okay. Gears aren't sure. working there. We don't need this beat. This is this is fat on the bone. We lose this. Lose this. Lose this. Right. So you can feel it within it. So the so the more you do. The more experience you have, yes. you know, it's like making, you know, it's like making a roast dinner. You just know. Yes. Don't don't bother putting them in yet because we're not going to be eating yes. till you know. Yes. So it's just experience. But also, you know, working with certain people gave me wings, you know. Right. And one of those people was Fiona Shaw. Right. Okay. Years and years and years and years ago, doing Medea. I don't know if you remember it, the Queen's Theatre, and Deborah had. Warner had directed it. And Deborah used to say amazing notes. You know, she'd just say, you know, someone at some point needs to do something fantastic and fascinating on this line. <laughs> and I would just throw something in. And, and But Fee would play, 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 right. play, 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 play. And it was never not playing. Right. So I, I'm like that in the rehearsal room. I was inspired by yes. that. And I play all the time. Nice. And I call it play. So if we're thinking of something, right, well, what can we do at this thing? And I'll say, well, let's play that game and see yes. what, where that leads us. You're generating yeah. ideas. Yes, yeah. constantly generating as so many ideas. Although you said you're going to step away from the cauldron. Perhaps you're stepping towards the cauldron of bubbling ideas. <laughs> it's, a maybe, it's a different yeah, cauldron. It's, it's a different cauldron. <laughs> but that, to me, is your responsibility as an actor. You yes. know, you, you have a responsibility to offer the yes. room yes. things. You can't just stand there and be told what to do. 
and I take that responsibility particularly when I'm leading a company right which is what I'm doing now if you if you like yes. if you're playing the type you know yes, the role yeah. the role everyone knows as yes it, as it. it's not exactly the titular, titular character but titular but you have a responsibility as one of the senior members in the company yes to play yeah. and show young actors that that's that will you know that's where you're going to get and your you enjoy from. doing that obviously yes. and looking after that nurturing that yes sure. and making it as playful an environment as possible yeah so that anything can happen gosh because and being off book as okay. soon as possible and did you uh, did Tim ask you all to be off book at the beginning of rehearsals? No, here? not what? necessarily because it's also new writing, so of that's course, always changing. So, but yeah. I try and get off book before I start rehearsal. Okay, because then you can you can walk. you can listen to each other. Yeah, there's you know, more rather than going, for, oh, I'm, I think my bit. <laughs> you're more scope for playing. Yeah, more scope for playing. So, what's the appeal for you of performing in the open air? Have mm. you have you acted in an outdoor theatre previously? The Globe. The globe, okay. The but globe. That, the globe, but, but very you different. can't get fully drenched. Can actors get fully drenched at the globe? You can always... Can you get fully drenched at the, at the park? Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. I hate to break it to you, There, no, there is no you roof, You can there? get fully drenched. The globe, I don't think you can get as fully drenched. No, I don't no. think you can. Okay, so the globe is your experience. And I got of- anemia. At the globe. Oh my god! Well, yeah, I really was tired. Yeah, from yeah. the wet, the weather gave it's you cold and tiring. Tiring. It's tiring being out working outside because okay. we didn't have mics. We don't have mics. You don't have mics at the globe. Yes, so we, we yeah. do have mics here, but um, and now the mics are so good. And, you know. So are you looking? What What are you looking forward to about performing in? in I'm that really looking forward venue. to the light falling. Yes, that's what the night fall. Yes. yes have I'm you really seen looking... many productions yes. in the open earth? Yes that it, it's exquisite when the light you really feel you're you're sharing not only a show with your fellow audience members but you're sharing nature you're mm-hmm. there's the show of nature and yes that light come, coming down very gradually it's a very beautiful thing i think then you share that together you know you do and, and then of course the show will then sort of sort of morph into something else yes you know and 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 transform yes from something and you know I remember at the Globe, what I really learned about Shakespeare at the Globe was about direct address. Right. Because then, you you know, when you've got, I left no ring with her, what means this lady? Fortune forbid I, my outside have not charmed her, for instance. Yes. You know, you can, you can ask people. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> you can see, you, you know, the urgency to the need to speak is, is very there. Yes. You know. And often, you know, you're playing in a, 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 a soliloquy like that in a dark space. You yeah. know, you're like, I've got to imagine there is an audience out so there that I'm trying it. to connect with that <laughs> might help me with this conundrum. Yes. Um, so you like being able to see audiences. So there's that. You yeah. know, that's going to be lo- amazing to be able to look at people and scare them. Yes. And, uh, yes. Uh, yes. I'm yes. really looking forward to that. I haven't done that for such a long time. And what are you most looking forward to about being back in front of a live theatre audience? Oh. Whether after such a long stint as we've been discussing, working in television, and also lockdown, what what will be? What will it be like every night, every matinee, a live theatre audience there? Um. <laughs> are we at the stage where you're going to absolutely terrifying? Are we at that stage of rehearsals? Um, I can't wait. I'm really tearful about it because it's been such a long time, and and. Uh, you know, I just really love my job. Yeah. So, did you ever think there might be uh, this? Might I just might not do this? Again? Yeah, yeah. There was a chance that the dates wouldn't have 
collide. The dates yeah. wouldn't have lined up so beautifully. Because I know, right, this is your first time <clears throat> in theatre since 2018, is that That's, right? What was I doing? Yeah. Absolute hell, yes. was it not? Hell, yeah. Yeah, so yes. four years. Yes, okay. and I, yes it is four years. Do you know what? And I left Absolute Hell at 10... No, it was a long show. It's longer than that. <laughs> so it's 11... I can't remember what time. I came off the stage and I left the stage. I didn't go back to my dressing room. I had to have, my wig was coming off in the wings. A more wig action. Yeah. I was getting into, people were dressing me and I got into a car at the stage door that took me to Euston. Then I went to York and I was in the makeup chair at five o'clock the next morning <gasps> doing Victoria. Oh my gosh. And I haven't been on stage since that minute. Oh my gosh. Wow. So, so it means a lot to me, you know, to come back into the room and. Yes. Um, and to be no, how lovely! Yeah, really well, theatre will be delighted <laughs> to have you back. And I'm afraid there we must leave yeah, it because yeah. Kate needs to go back to I rehearsals do. and do a Dalmatian count to check that none of them has none of them have disappeared while she's been here talking to us. Kate, thank you very much for your time and the best of luck with the show. Thanks, Fiona. Lovely to see you. We hope you enjoyed our latest podcast episode. Thank you to Kate for sharing her acting tips and tricks whilst giving us a glimpse into what 101 Dalmatians the musical will be like. Tickets for 101 Dalmatians are now on sale via openairtheatre.com. Performances run from 12th of July to 28th of August 2022. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play or SoundCloud. And if you're enjoying our content, do let us know on social media via at openairtheatre on Twitter at Regents Park OAT on Instagram or Regents Park Open Air Theatre on Facebook. Until next time! <laughs>